Hey everyone, great to see you again. Thanks for coming back to part two of our Investor Day discussion. This one's the main course, so it's a little long, but we've got a lot of ground to cover. See you on the other side. So with the films done then, let's get into the biggest chunk of the Lucasfilm announcement, and that is the live-action TV stuff. So short little stuff about Mandalorian Season 3. We got confirmation that it will be premiering a little bit later, and that will be Christmas 2021. Uh, interesting that they didn't go for a late October, early November, as they have done the last two seasons, but maybe they want to go back to that you know, um, Star Wars at Christmas thing again. What do you guys think of the season three coming on Christmas tw- next year? I won't lie, and this will sound really bad, considering I'm one of three hosts on a Mandalorian podcast. But when they talked about Mandalorian, I didn't really pay attention because my brain was like, well, you know, it's Mandalorian. Of course I'm going to watch it. So this, I think this is the first time I'm hearing that. And I actually do like it, the idea of making Mandalorian the, um, the, the Star Wars Christmas of that year, you know? Mm-hmm. God, unless this next episode like, kills my actual family. <laughs> I'm going to watch this show. <laughs> Grogu force-choking your family. <laughs> like the ring. That'd be awesome, actually. <laughs> I was trying to figure out whether Niall was saying that, like, Mando and the child are his family or whether, like, he meant, like, the episodes. <laughs> was Bill like... Bear is my family. <laughs> Yeah, what do you think, Dave? I was more interested in the light details that we got because there's also the aspect of, obviously, we don't know what's going to happen in the next episode. But also, there's been all this talk about the Boba Fett series. Um, So there was no announcement of that. And they're saying that, you know, there's rumors that the Boba Fett series is getting fast-tracked or is taking the Mandalorian production schedule. So it's kind of like, well, is it maybe that that is the Mandalorian and there's just more Boba Fett? Or is it that, you know, what we're going to see in this next episode is actually going to point us in the direction of where this is going to go. And that's either going to tell us why it's slightly later or why it might not be. At the end of next episode, they're going to swap names. So so the Mandalorian will be (laughs) Boba Fett. Swap helmets like they'll never know. My name's Boba. (laughs) Boba Skywalker. (laughs) (laughs) Right, so... (laughs) Wouldn't it be fun if I put on your helmet and you put on my helmet and then we pretend that, like, you know, I'm you. Would it be weird if we swapped helmets and kissed? (laughs) It's a bit like the parent (laughs) trap for Star Wars. Well, uh, speaking of the Boba Fett show that wasn't announced, uh, we do have a confirmation of what a lot of fans have been speculating for a while now, and that is the Favreau Filoni-verse. So we got two new shows that are going to be uh, what is that? I've got the quote here. Set within the timeline of The Mandalorian, this new live-action series from executive producers John Favreau and Dave Filoni will intersect with future stories and culminate into a climactic story event. Uh, so these two new shows are Rangers of the New Republic, uh, produced by Favreau and Filoni. No news on who's writing that. And we've also got the crazy Ahsoka series limited series written by dave filoni and also produced by favreau and filoni so niall I'll start with you what are your first impressions with the ever-expanding favreau filoni verse well the unfortunate thing it did remind me of was i used to for my sins i used to quite like the cw superhero stuff i used to watch arrow and the flash and eventually there just became so much crossover that I couldn't keep up. And with Star Wars, I go the extra mile. Like, I would keep up. But I do worry. I'm always, I'm, I always come across like the everyman. I'm worried for the people. Will the people follow it? <laughs> so I almost hope if they go this way, um, Disney Plus makes a playlist. It's like, here's all the Mandalorian, Ahsoka, New Republic stuff in like order. So you can watch it that way. But I, you know, I like, I really like the idea of these shows though. 
I'm just worried about the idea of, oh, leading up to a climactic event, which part of me thinks with the Bo-Katan stuff they set up, it could be like something to do with like taking back Mandalore again. But uh, yeah, these just both sound like good shows. I hope I hope this new Republic thing isn't uh, Dave Filoni and that other dude. The Keystone Cops oh. of space. Oh, I think it is. <laughs> <laughs> Dave, what do you think? Well, I, oh, no, yeah. go carry on now. What are you going to say? No, no, I was I was actually just going to say, oh, yeah, like, I'm not going to, I'll try not to be too negative because, I, you know, I'm going to watch all this stuff. I keep going back to that, but uh, Ahsoka, way more yeah, interesting. Yeah, mm. comparison of that that duo of, like, the space cops of the galaxy has had, like, a, an influence even on Jake in the latest episode, you know, he's just like, oh, the space cop. <laughs> I was just like, I was like, Niall, you've, like, got that in our heads now. <laughs> that That should be one of the series, <laughs> space cops. Um, yeah, I think that, yeah, I, I'm kind of mixed on it. I think that I, like Niall, am sort of concerned about, you know, the whether it will turn into more the hardcore fans and you'll lose the bigger appeal. But then at the same time, I don't know if a lot of that appeal was lost anyway when it didn't become the Baby Yoda show that probably a lot of general audiences kind of wanted it to be or watched it for kind of thing. Um, but... There's also the fact that this season has added so much of, like, Admiral Thrawn and Bogatan and Ahsoka, all these different characters. It's whether also Filoni wants to kind of be like, well, I can't tell all of my uh, post-Rebel storylines in just this one Mando show. I'll spread them in all these other series. So that's my concern is that, again, it, it doesn't become like, here's the justification of why we need these series. It's like... Here's how I can spread this like rebel sequel into like as many different pockets as I can. So while I'm interested in the part of the timeline it takes place in, and I think that interconnectivity is good, um, I just worry as to whether it will be too condensed. Because to me, an Ahsoka series, you know, if I heard about this just in general, I think, oh, awesome, you know, where could this be? Where would this take place? What are we going to see her face? But when you put the limit on of it of it's being taking place at the Mandalorian, you then think, oh, well, there's less likelihood she's going to come across like, you know, an Inquisitor, a Sith, a Dark Jedi or something. So you're already, to me, because that seems like the Jedi Force sort of series, I hope that they don't limit it down to still be quite associated with like the Mandalorian Republic stuff. Because to me, because we're already quite light as we've been talking about on Jedi stuff, this needs to be like the Jedi kind of series. And hopefully, I think the f- when they say limited series, I'm like, is it though? Would it really? You know, like I do kind of hope we would get more because I think Ahsoka's a great character. Filoni obviously has lots to say with her. And I think that she could hold the key to the future of like how we see the Jedi in the future. So if she doesn't have like other spin-offs, I would imagine that maybe that series might lead to more Jedi spin-offs, which I'm, I'm quite excited by. The, the New Republic one, I think I would prefer to just be Star Wars New Republic. Rangers of the New Republic, I, I probably watched too much Power Rangers as a kid, but just the word Rangers makes me laugh because I like the fact it's got wings next to it. I'm like, it just looks like one of the Power Rangers like spin-offs, like Power Rangers Air Force or something like that. I'm like, I'm not sure about the word Rangers, but okay, let's, let's, let's see what you come up with. Well said, Dave. Well said. <laughs> uh, no, genuinely, I was mes- I was so like in Power Rangers in, in what Air you Force were saying. Um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I think I slightly disagree with you guys. Uh, I definitely hear all your concerns, and I'm with you, Nile, on the CW stuff. I started off it, and I thought it was real fun, but then as it got progressively more shows, I started to lose interest because it was just getting a mess for me. Mm. I don't know if if we're gonna get that here though. <clears throat> I don't know. I, I feel as if Lucasfilm will be clever enough that, yes, we can intersect between all these shows, but also make this show standalone that it can be watched without having to need to watch the other stuff, if you know what I mean. Uh, in regards to the actual shows themselves, I mean, come on. Out of all my Star Wars loves, you know, Mandalorians is definitely probably my favorite, especially as of recently. But as with a lot of people, the, the other one is the Jedi and all the Force stuff. So... If we're going to concentrate on Ahsoka, that's great. And I'm really happy that the way they announced this, it was the way... It's like, sorry, so you know the Mandalorian that you're all watching right now? Uh, 
There's going to be two spin-off shows and these story threads with Ahsoka and Carson Teba, that is the name of the space cop, um, they're going somewhere. They're not just there <laughs> for the sake of it. They are going somewhere. And I, the way they announced this, I read this as the Mandalorian is still going to be the Mandalorian. You know, there's the fear that you guys said that it could turn into something different with all these new characters and story threads popping up. But this gave me good focus that this is what they're going to do. They're going to stay on, on the Mandalorian and that's going to be the focus of Din Djarin and Grogu. Ahsoka's going to do her thing over here and the Rangers of the New Republic are going to do those things over there. And at some point they might meet up, you know, because they have relationships with each other. It's, you meet up with friends. That's what you do. Um, well, not this year. <laughs> well, maybe not this year, no. Yeah. Thanks, Jake. I, 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 <laughs> I, I would say, though, I, 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 something I didn't say was, though, I, I don't have as many concerns on the meetup thing of it. I don't think that this going to do the whole DC universe thing. I think that the Avengers has shown that audiences are big into that crossover stuff. So I, I do see the appeal of that, and mm. I think they can pull it off. So I think that that, that works for me. So it, it's more just the, the Filoni characters returning is my concern. But I think the the crossover and the the build up to a, mm. an overarching I think that's good. I think that could work because it's like the defenders mm. did that on Netflix and that you know that they still managed to stand on their own but have an an overarching story. Yeah, exactly. And I think Favreau well. and Filoni are smart enough to do that. And in regards to the Ahsoka show, if Dave's writing it, Dave Filoni, I think this is going to be the so the Rebels sequel that's been rumored for a while. I think they're not going to do it animated. I think we're going to see it here in live action. That means possibly live-action Ezra Bridger. No doubt a live-action Sabine. And we're probably going to go out against Thrawn. And bring in Lars Mikkelsen, goddammit. Uh, yep. I'll sign off on yeah, that. That's, that's the story that's teed up from what we get. And, you know, especially from Dave Filoni's uh, previous comments about the epilogue of Rebels, you know, where he was very, you know, coy about where exactly that takes place in the timeline. He's left himself basically wiggle room there to explore this story in live action so you know I, I also think it's cool that with this new phase you could say of Star Wars storytelling that one thing could explode like the Mandalorian has and become its own little mini universe thing and you know if, if you like that miniverse you got a big old meal at the buffet and if that's not your thing that's cool you can just watch the Patty <laughs> Jenkins movie but go back to the buffet, man. There's something here for everyone. I feel like Jake is trying to sell me something. This is all just a scam to sell to sell us his buffet service. <laughs> and you know what? I'm in. <laughs> it all links back. It's a pyramid scheme. <laughs> I'm telling you. <laughs> now, um, I'm also excited for the Soka one in terms of like just even what the logo showed us. Whereas again, like I poked fun at like the New Republic stuff, but again, I, I didn't see that and go ooh. But with the Ahsoka, it was so inventive with like the design. It was so Jedi focused and kind of different. I was like, that gives me a flavor for what this is going to be about as well, which I think is really cool. It looked the most unique and the most uh, individual, uh, which could go into like Niall wanted in uh, one of the previous episodes. You know, some Jedi temple fun, some you know like spooky vision. You know. Hier hieroglyphics or something stuff. i just want to say in the favor of um rangers of the new republic and some of the other shows i can't think of specifically right now i'm just so glad that some of these announcements weren't leaked at all because the ahsoka stuff we were kind of expecting some of the other things we were expecting and just that mm. they were actually like surprises you know i know investor meetings aren't about surprises but it's refreshing because i know yeah. star wars is quite bad for leaking i've only learned quite recently like the entirety of Rise of Skywalker's story leaked. Mm -hmm. Luckily, I'm I'm good on the internet avoiding spoilers, so I had no idea. But it, you know, it, that can happen. Mm -hmm. Even Grogu's name leaked. I learned recently. Yeah, I heard about it. Someone that. leaked it on Reddit, and no one listened. I mean, who would believe it? I mean, look no further than season two of The Mandalorian. You know, Ahsoka, mm -hmm. Bo-Katan, all these characters were all rumored yeah. and leaked to be in the show. Do you know what I mean? It was not as tight-lipped as season one was. You know, that they kept that show really under lock and key. Yeah. It makes me laugh when you think back to the days, though, before maybe even Disney bought Star Wars or just as it was happening, when you used to get those, like, dodgy websites that used to be like, here's the planned Lucas sequel trilogy. There'll be a Qui-Gon story in which he meets Sifo-Dyas and, like, you know, you meet up with, like, uh, Darth 
uh, Nihilus and you know like yeah. um, we're gonna see we're gonna have a film of the tragedy of Darth Plagueis and they had like this big spanning thing as if like here's the full script here's the full script and you were like what this is not real and it's just like when you see these series being announced you're like it almost is kind of like that you're like oh yeah he's getting a series and you know, it's like it does go yeah. back to that but like I said thankfully it's uh, not been not been spoiled but because uh, you do also have like the side of things which is complete yeah. rubbish crazy fan the, theories um, as well which yeah, masks the, the truth worst type probably of fan fiction i was going to quickly say on that note my one thing i came into this my kind of secret desire from this whole investor meeting what a depressing sentence uh <laughs> was to see the logo for star wars underworld come up because i'm always going to be haunted by that vault of george lucas scripts he acquired for that show the hundred scripts i know some yeah. of them have gone into other things but Man, I'd love to see it, especially after that test footage mm. not that long ago. Yeah, I know um, they used elements of those scripts in like the latest season of Clone Wars. Uh, I think they used elements of it in Mandalorian as well. I think Solo as well. I think some mm. of it was for Solo. Mm. Yeah, and I'd love to see yeah. it. Well, it's a bit like that cancelled Boba Fett mm. game, mm. wasn't it? Like the 1313, that's like another oh. lost, you know. But it doesn't matter because we got him back. Uh, right, any final words on the Filoni Favreverse? Good luck, guys. <laughs> Good luck. I, Knock it out the park. I think they're going to be okay. <laughs> All yes. right. So let's move into the next show. Uh, and that is Andor. So this is going to be written and produced by Tony Gilroy, who famously did the Bourne movies and also came in for the reshoots of Rogue One. This is going to be coming out in 2022, and it's going to consist of 12 episodes. And I got the premise here. A tense, nail-biting spy thriller created by Tony Gilroy is set to arrive on Disney Plus in 2022. Diego Luna, reprising the role of rebel spy Cassian Andor from Rogue One, will be joined by a fantastic new cast. Uh, it goes on to you know, include the cast. Stellan Skarsgård comes out in there. And they mention that Genevieve O'Reilly will be returning as Mon Mothma. All Star Wars fans around the world went crazy for that, while the uh, usual person was like, what's a Mon Mothma? Uh, and then they also announced that production kicked off three weeks ago in London. So they've set up a new volume in London, which is pretty cool. Uh, and they also gave us a scissor reel to what to expect. So I'm going to start with you, Niall, because I sort of, I think I already know where Dave's going to be when it comes to this show. But I'm going I'm to be interesting to see what you think. I think me and Dave, whenever it's come up on episodes of Mon Mandalorians, have always been a bit on the same page with this because the rebellion stuff, yeah, it's not everyone's cup of tea. I'm looking at Dave right now. Uh, but <laughs> to be honest, the sizzle reel did a lot for me. I really liked the look of what they were doing. I love the expansive sets that they're building because I, I really, I think this was put into production before they fully got into the, uh, the, mon the I almost called it Mandalorian, <laughs> the Mandalorian LED screen technology. So I feel like this one might be going for a bit more of like a practical feel. That's not a distant man, uh, Mandalorian at all. But it's just great to see they said like it's 12 episodes. It has a scope of a film. And when you see the behind the scenes, you believe it. You don't. It's, it's clearly not just Guff. They've even got Neil Scanlon, who's the creature designer, I believe. And yeah. who's been on all the features for a long time. And, uh, and it's great to see Diego Luna, because I think he's a charming actor who never really got his due in Rogue One. I don't think... That's a big problem I have with that film. I think all the cast are terrific and no one gets enough time to breathe because, you know, the Death Star is on its way. It's a, The movie's very busy. One thing I was curious about, though, is they didn't mention Alan Tudyk in the cast list, mm -hmm. even though I'm pretty sure he was confirmed to be on board. I think, yeah. Yeah, they confirmed it last, last year at D23, yeah. Yeah. It was always the kind of Cassian Andor K2SO show. That's what it was referred to. So that's why I was surprised about that. Oh, Stellan Skarsgård? Oh, man, dude better be playing an Imperial because I think he'd be great. Mm -hmm. He's kind of like, he could be like Werner Herzog's buddy. Bring Werner Herzog back. Oh, my God. Now I'm very excited. You could definitely do that. Please do that. I'm more excited about this now than I was before. But it still wouldn't be like one of my, oh, yeah, Cassian Andor. 
Yeah, I'm the exact same as Niall. It's like I said, I, you know, I was, you know, we're drinking from the same tea. You know, it's the it's the fact that I was also impressed by the more expansive sets. I do find it kind of weird. I kind of love it. And I wouldn't say hate it, but it does make me a bit nervous. The fact that Kathleen Kennedy is just like, we are now building three new volumes. I'm like, is this some kind of like, you know, you know, when they have like, uh, uh, like, oh, we're building these reactors throughout the world and they'll combine together and like, you know, the, it'll be the end of the world. I'm like, it sounds like some master plan of Disney. Like, we will control everyone once there is a volume in every country. You know, <laughs> it sounded like that kind of like world domination kind of stuff. But at the same time, you know, it, seriously, I'm like, I don't want every show to be like, I, I, I'm on board with it if it means that we can have these expansive worlds and more convincing visuals. But it would be nice for Star Wars show, like the Marvel ones we saw. I was watching that, being like, oh, wow, that's really cool if they filmed that in that actual place and, you know, that they've actually gone to that location and that real-world setting. So I hope that they still do that with the Star Wars shows. I don't want it to just always be like they're on a soundstage, they're on the volume, and because otherwise I think there is going to be a point in which people are starting to go, you know what, these are all looking the same, or I can tell the sets are starting to, like, be replicated and there's also the line, you know, I can never stop looking at, like, the line <laughs> where where it begins and where it ends kind of thing. So, uh, yeah, and so the stuff we saw here kind of helped me with that because, you know, it looked like bigger, more expansive sets. But I'm also on board for any time, like I said, that actress who plays Mom Martha to get her dues because I think everyone's always felt bad that she got, like, cut out of Revenge of the Sith, etc., um, so I think that gave me a bit more promise. And the fact that they said that it's going to be this kind of like spy thriller, I think that that takes it away from, again, what me and now were saying about like, oh, well, the rebels aren't that interesting. But if they don't make it so much about the rebel alliance, if they make it about, like I said, this group of spies or mercenaries, there might be something there. I just hope that, again, it isn't too much rebels and empire. You know, I think they, you know, they just need to like go somewhere else with it kind of thing. And Yeah. I mean... Look, I'm old school. Whenever you're going to give me a bit of rebellion against the Empire action, I'm going to be there. I'm just I'm just pulled to that era of Star Wars. I really love that thing of Star Wars, you know, the original trilogy era. It really just I'm just drawn to that era specifically. But for me, I'm really thrilled about this show because all the reasons you said in the terms of the scissor reel and how they showed that we're going to be actually, you know, using practical stages and all that. I'm all for the volume and that looks great. But like you said now, bringing in prat practical sets just makes it so much better. But in terms of the story, like, they basically confirm what I've wanted it to be since, the, since it was announced. And, you know, calling it a tense Nile... Uh, Nile? Uh-oh. <laughs> Where were we going there? <laughs> uh, Nail-biting spy thriller... Uh, <laughs> that's great, you know, like, at the beginning of the scissor reel, we get the, um, one of Cassian's most, I think, one of his most important lines in Rogue One, when he's telling Jin uh, why he's willing to help her and go to Scarif, when the, you know, everything I've done is, I've done for the rebellion, I think he says something like that, and, it, and for me, it's getting to that great story of, he's doing something for a good cause, he has been in the fight since he was six years old, and he's had <laughs> a lot of stuff that, He's had to do a lot of stuff that he's not happy to, that he's not happy he's had to do, which means life and death situations, split seconds decisions of do I do something violent because it will ultimately save more people, all that stuff. You know, you throw in some fun James Bond style thrill action uh, with a bit of grittier, realer espionage. You know, if the, you know if that person around the corner sees me, I'm dead, and everyone around me is dead. You create that kind of tension. I think it could be really fun. I was never a big fan of that. And a lot of people being like, oh, this is going to be like that scene at the beginning of Rogue One where he like guns down that guy for the information. I never liked that scene. So I know a lot of people like, oh, yeah, we're going to get more of that. I, I, like, that I didn't scene. like that. So, again, I hope that this proves. Yeah, I, I don't know. Something about it to me always seemed it almost seemed like a TV show to me back then. So maybe it will work for me in this context. But I don't know. Niall, do you ever feel... I, I never quite bought into the... I like the idea of him, like, saying, you know, like, I've been in this fight since I was six years old, and, you know, the whole, like, you know, having to sacrifice himself. But I never quite bought into the whole, like, t torn between, like, oh, am I a bad person kind of thing. I always felt that that was a bit shoehorned in. I didn't really buy yeah, into that part I'm, of I'm not. I'm not going to be too negative on Rogue One, because I do like it, but I think it's probably mm. the Star Wars film to me the most of this new era that has 
clearly suffered from reshoots because I think a lot of things are like jumbled and his character Eric I think really did suffer like I to this day I have no yeah. idea what made him decide not to shoot Mads Mikkelsen like I'd never shoot Mads Mikkelsen but mm. I don't know why he didn't in that context <laughs> so I'm hoping the show does the thing I like when the expanded universe kind of does it is when it tries to fill in those blanks because it's not something a lot of people are thinking bothered about but people like us we like to know. We like to know where these Snoke clones came from or whatever the hell. <laughs> so that that kind of thing. Yeah, like, I think he's a great actor. And Tony Gilroy, I've liked his stuff too. So I hope we really get the most out of it. Because mm-hmm. he, oh, he's a charming man. Yeah. Uh, I, I just needed, I realized I needed to point one thing out. Or else I would never be allowed to go back to Ireland. Is Fiona Shaw has also been cast in this. An amazing Irish actress. She's, she's well known for playing Aunt Petunia in Harry Potter. But uh, oh. she's been in so many things. She's in Killing Eve. She is a terrific actress. And that's probably the thing I'm most excited about, actually, is to see Fiona Shaw in Star Wars. Yeah, they've got a good variety of actors and mm. stuff in all of these shows. I think that's I, great And going well. back to Tony Gilroy as well, I mean, he's been on the record saying he doesn't care about Star Wars and, you know, all this connective thread. So um, I think it, I think it'll be more of a case of, like, the story department going... Well, this character would work well here, and he'll be like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, sure, whatever." Just put that like, <laughs> I'm just trying to make a good picture here, sort of thing. I think that would make him more similar to George Lucas than a lot of other directors mm. working on this, because I think George Lucas was very much a, ah, let's just do the scene, you know, let's worry about that stuff later. I'll, I'll get money yeah. for the books written about that later. Let's just move on with the movie. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm more on board with that approach. I never liked that idea of just like, you know, again, like, oh, and let's just shoehorn this character in, like, and let's put Bosk mm-hmm. in for some reason, all that kind of stuff. So mm-hmm. it's it's that kind of, like, idea. Um, I'm also just interested in Jake's, like, uh, audio, you know, his career in audio books as Diego Luna's, <laughs> like, opposite, you know? Like, I was so impressed by his Six impression of him. I'm like, you know, it's... <laughs> I think it'll be Diego... It, Cassian Andor walking into the Tatooine Mos Eisley bar, where you'll also get Jake Voice in, the guy who owns that bar. <laughs> I've been coming to this bar since I was uh, six years old. I've been serving you since you've been six years old. <laughs> I'm going he's, to jail. He's not a very good bartender. It was the weak way. It was the weak way at uh, Mos Pelgo. When I, when I, oh, that dude. Yeah, just after I finished at the Mos Pelgo school, I just popped by there. The one-man Cobb Vanth went out of his way to save the bartender. Hey, if Cassian Andor's been in the fight since he was six years old, he's probably been taken to a few uh, scum and he's villainy bars along the way. Uh, fi- final note on uh, the Andor yeah. show is it's not uh, stated in the movie, but it is stated in the novelization, which is I think is an interesting thread, is that Cassian Andor was a separatist during the Clone Wars and his family was separatists. So that's an that's interesting, yeah. you know, a, a separatist joining the rebellion. It's not something we've really seen in Star Wars before. And in a way, separa- the separatists fighting the Republic, the Republic becomes the Empire. So he's sort of been affected by the same sort of organization his whole life. Well, it makes sense, yeah, because in some ways, George obviously set it up as, like, these are the villains, these are the good guys. But it did make sense when you saw in, like, Clone Wars, the heroes on both sides story, the idea of, like, well, where did the rebels come from? Well, there's all these people who left an organization because they didn't agree with the way it was run. So it does make sense that a lot of them would have come from there. So, again, like I said, with the Bad Batch thing, I hope that they integrate some of that because I think that is really interesting. All right, then. So let's get into the next one. This will be a day long remembered as it was confirmed that Hayden Christensen will be returning as Anakin Skywalker slash Darth Vader to what Kathleen Kennedy uh, called this will be the rematch of the century. Obviously, I'm talking about the Obi-Wan Kenobi series going to be directed by Deborah Chow. Uh, We'll be starting production very soon, but no release date as of yet. So I'm going to start with you again, Niall. What do you think about the Kenobi series? And what do you think that Hayden Christensen is coming back to reprise his role? Um, well, I'll just say outright, uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi is my favorite Star Wars character. He always has been. And because I was, I was always more of an original trilogy guy, it was more Alec Guinness. I always thought Ewan McGregor was good. 
but never quite got the material, I think, or the direction even to really shine in the role, which is why I've always really wanted him to come back. And so, yeah, this was the thing I was most excited for. I think Deborah Chow was great. Her episodes of Mandalorian were really, uh, I remember them being standouts. I can't remember which ones they were now, which is bad, but I do remember really enjoying them. Uh, Seven. It was like chapter three. Yeah, chapter and three and seven. Seven was. Yeah, it? chapter three was good. Uh, yeah, and the Hayden Christian thing, uh, Kristen thing, Christensen news. I I have wanted him to return because you know he also got a bad rap, and he's not a bad actor. And a lot of people's complaints is more he he. It was a really difficult role, and directing wasn't really what George was interested in at the time. So, I am very disappointed that they're pushing this angle of a rematch in this show because for me the appeal of the show was to finally give us obi-wan without being weighed down by his connection to the skywalkers you know to have like i want to know who he is without the skywalkers being involved even saying skywalker it feels like the weight of the world on my shoulders so yeah i really wanted like his own adventure meeting new people and what is the value of a rematch that we know the outcome of? I find that such a bizarre selling point. So this is actually, I'm still very excited for it because I love the character, but this has actually knocked it down in my estimation of things I'm looking forward to. Interesting. Yeah, I think, yeah, I'm almost like a combination of both because I've always been skeptical of the movie or series because it is like, well, what can you tell? Because I do agree with a lot of people I mainly want it because I'm like, I love Ewan McGregor in this role. He is like, you know, one of the greatest like meme part of episode three. You know, he has, you know, there's an entire video just dedicated to like the great like moments he has in that film. And so, you know, everyone wants to see him return to the role. But again, it's just whether like actual in terms of this character's story, you know, he does essentially appear in like, you know, all six of the uh, original, you know, six films. So, you know, what more is there to tell from him? You know, again, if you were going down like the younger route, we kind of get an idea from that, from like Clone Wars and books and stuff like that. And, you know, I know Jake, uh, Jake sorry, Niall joked about it in a previous like Monday Lorians or like maybe our pilot episode is saying about like, you know, Obi-Wan like drinking his own urine in the desert. But, but I have always thought, I was like, well, he's just in the desert. What is there to tell? I, you know, like I don't understand, you know, I think that there has been speculation that then, uh, the Mandalorian took the the narrative of potentially him getting Luke to Tatooine. And I was like, well, I'm kind of glad because, again, I don't see that as, you know, it's just kind of like, oh, you didn't know about this, you know, crazy escapade that Obi-Wan got into. And it's just like, uh. so I don't know. I'm I'm really happy for it because I'm happy to see both these actors back. And I think that they deserve credit. And like, Niall, I think that Hayden Christensen is a good actor. We were talking before, me and Jake, about like people just saying he's a shit actor, and I just don't like people who just trash on people like that, because who are you to say that? Um, and, yeah, and, I, I, you know, I would have liked to have seen him come back in a, you know, a more substantial way in the sequels as, like, a ghost or something like that. He just came back as a voice in the end, which I think was unfortunate. So this, to me, seems like more of a redemption for that. Um, but... Yeah, as as to the whole, like, rematch of the century, I am a bit like, how, though? And, you know, I, I guess, like I said, I, I'm not fully on board with the whole, like, this ruins a new hope part, because I know that Jake will talk about this as well, is that, like, I don't think that there's too much holding them down in that respect, especially considering the past Star Wars has with retconning and going outside of that kind of stuff as well anyway so i'm really excited for seeing these characters back seeing these actors back but it's just it really really depends on the story for me they just need to do and i don't know if how they're going to do it so i'm still i'm still open to what they got to do but like Niall, i'm skeptical about it but my expectations haven't gone up or down i'm still just ex the same excitement because i'm excited for the actors but I'm still skept as skeptical as I was before just about how you can pull off this story. Listen, y'all are both crazy, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Let me get down with this. I have been Jake, have you been negative about anything so far? Have you had any? I'm loving it all, man. I'm loving this buffet. <laughs> Look, fair, fair enough. 
I don't eat meat, so if I can That's fair it, enough, I'm always going to have problems. Well, for me, this <laughs> this would be the equivalent of a glorious, juicy steak that's just been cooked medium rare perfectly. You know, this is this is the thing for me. Now, <coughs> I have been talking for years now that this is the story for Kenobi. Look, it might it might be fun watching Kenobi drinking at the bar, running into some bounty hunters, fighting bandits and protecting Luke. That could be fun. You know, that could be fun. But this is what I wanted. To for me, this is key vital missing piece in the entire Skywalker saga. This is going to redefine in a good way, I think, the way people watch the entire Skywalker saga. Now, for me, this is really about the journey of Kenobi. Now, for many years, you know, we fans, we've debated, did Obi-Wan straight up lie to Luke? You know, and then try to cover it up by calling it a point of view. This is that point of view. This is Kenobi saying, I'm trying to cope with the fact that I let Anakin down. I'm trying to cope with the fact that uh, I made, he made this horrible choice. I'm trying to cope with the fact that he's Vader. He is this monster terrorizing the galaxy. I know I should stay here and look after Luke, but I can't just sit here in doubt. I need to see if I can make a difference. And, you know, and he goes and he tries, and he tries to turn Vader back to Anakin, and he can't. And from that moment, he becomes convinced that what he's telling Luke is not just the truth from a certain point of view, but it's his own truth. He tried so hard to, to find Anakin, but he's gone. He doesn't exist anymore. He's just Vader now. And, like, if we get that moment, like, th- think of going to the end of season two of Rebels, how powerful that moment was between Ahsoka and Vader. And when we got that little bit of Anakin in there when he said her name, that was Matt Lanta. That was Anakin. I, I truly believe that was Anakin in that moment speaking. And if we see that with Obi-Wan, Obi-Wan Kenobi, imagine if he gets so close where Anakin almost turns and he doesn't. And most importantly, why? And, that, and I think that's what it's going to mean, not just for the story of Obi-Wan, Vader, Luke, and Ahsoka, and what it would mean in the, I think it also means in the great Star Wars poetry, as George likes to call it, of Luke and Kylo Ren. Like, I'm fascinated with this idea that when people fall to the dark side and there's any hope of turning them back, they're not going to respond to the person that they blamed. That's why Luke can't reach Kylo. Maybe Han, Leia, or Rey can, but Luke can't, Luke can't get through to him because he feels that he is responsible for Kylo's fall and Kylo blames him. And he can sort of look at that like, I'm the one who let him down and I can't get through to him just like I could get through to my father, but Obi-Wan couldn't because Obi-Wan is the one who failed him. And I think it, echo- I think it echoes out in it great and interesting ways. See, I think if Obi-Wan had wanted to make that change, maybe he shouldn't have let him catch on fire. The legs and arm mm. were already off. Just drag him away. A little well, bit. this I think in that moment, Kenobi believes he defeated him. I think he thinks Anakin has died. And I think somewhere, sometime in between Revenge of the Sith and this series, or maybe even in this series, Kenobi discovers that Anakin is still alive and that he is this Darth Vader. See, for me, I've, I've had that moment at the end of Revenge of the Sith. I love that scene uh, on the side of the what would you call it? The the magma, the lava flow. Yeah. Because the acting there really sold it for me when Anakin screams, I hate you. And I'm not, you know, I'm not the biggest prequel guy. I like him fine. But that's one of the few moments where emotionally it really works for me. Because the, the counterplay between, I've never questioned this moment, the one you're just discussing. I, I respect it. I totally respect it as, um, as a way of looking at mm. it. But Yeah, it's just, it's just the way I've always looked at it. Because... Because I also go back to that line in Return of the Jedi when Vader says to Luke, uh, Obi-Wan once thought as you did. And I don't really get the impression that that the impression that Obi-Wan once thought like that at the end of Revenge of the Sith. I think there's another moment there. Well, also the fact that we the, the I hate you part is Obi-Wan and Anakin squaring off and fighting each other. 
And like you said, Jake, there is the aspect of like he never in the films, there is an interesting thing to go, well, when does he realize that Darth Vader is Anakin? Like Ahsoka, where she goes, is he? You know, and she's kind of fighting Vader or seeing him throughout the series of Rebels. And then she finally comes to that realization of like, oh, it is. And, you know, that's what this story could be as well, in which he, you know, realizes that, you know, because like... A lot of people have said, you know, one minute Palpatine's got like this young guy running around with him, and then the next minute there's this like dude in a black suit, you know. So a lot, you know, a lot of people wouldn't go, oh yeah, that must be that guy, you know. It's so, you know, even Obi Wan, obviously there would be the fact that he can sense it and stuff like that, but there would be that realization, which I think would lead to some good drama. And I think at that point it would be more Vader versus Obi Wan rather than Anakin versus Obi Wan. So there would be that difference of like I'm now facing Vader rather than I'm facing my brother, as he says mm -hmm. in Revenge of the Sith. So I think that, that that relationship and fight would be different for that reason. And also there is the fact in A New Hope, um, you know, without clinging on to things that obviously were written 40 years ago without the intention of it being explained like this. But, you know, it does work in the context of, you know, he says, when I uh, left you, I was but the learner. Now I am the master. And I, that always, like bothered me because i'm like well not really because you know you weren't his padawan anymore they should have edited that line so he said when i when i when i last saw you i was on fire now i am the master <laughs> yeah <laughs> when i last saw you i yep. was you know disallowed the rank of master <laughs> but now i am the master but then, okay yeah because kenobi's <laughs> response to that is only a master of evil you know and i i think it would be in this series yeah, sickest burn in star wars <laughs> i and he says Darth, Darth as if he says Darth as if it's like a, a personal, you know, like Darth. As exactly. So I, before, it so. feels to me that there's definitely more history there. Sorry, I should just preface. I have no problem with this in terms of canon or like where it falls in. My only problem is I don't, for me, this isn't something I find interesting or needed to happen. I do find this is, yeah. I would have liked this as more introspective than anything. Obviously be a fun adventure. Mm -hmm. But, you know, the man's like, I imagine the show taking place at the lowest point in his life. You know, he's in the desert, maybe drinking his own urine. Uh, <laughs> he's failed everyone, you know, a, a crisis of faith. Because I like, I like stories about that. I, I know, I won't get too religious, but it's like the idea of like, you know, Jesus have despairing in the desert and all that. I think that could have been <laughs> really compelling. I don't need Jesus to fight Satan. Literally. <laughs> but I get it, yeah. Let's, let's. To be fair, you know, Obi-Wan has made it onto a few mantelpieces in Not mistake, mistake of thinking that was. That's, That's cool, mistake. man. You... Yeah. <laughs> that might be your mantelpiece, Niall, but there are some That's Americans cool. Niall's, Niall's chilling <laughs> over there in the salad bar and he's content. To be fair, though, a lot of our... When we were talking about the canon stuff, I think it is fair to say that we weren't aiming that as Niall because there oh, are yeah. a lot of people online who said, this doesn't make sense yeah. with the canon. I just don't like, want to be well, one of them. You know, it, it, <laughs> I want to be at the buffet, dude. And it, yeah, was, exactly. it wasn't even a response but... to that. It's more how I think this series could play out. Um, and I mean, and uh, the last thing about Hayden Christensen. Um, now, yeah, he, he gets a lot of knocks for his performance in the prequel films. And like you said, Niall... I'd, I don't 100% blame him. A lot of it did come from nope. the direction of George. And if you kind of, you know, go back and look at the making of the prequels, in a way, that's kind of the style of acting that George wanted, a very wooden 50s style. So mm. it fits to his vision, but obviously for a lot of people, it didn't vibe. Um, but I'm really excited to see him come back to redeem himself. You know, he definitely deserves a chance to do this. Uh, so it'd be great to see him working with Ewan McGregor again. But I'm more interested to see what's he going to do because, cool, if he's in the Darth Vader suit, but you won't see him and it'll probably be, hopefully, James Earl Jones doing the voice. So are we? does that mean the helmet's coming off or are we going to get, like, flashback scenes to the Clone Wars? That would be quite interesting. Uh, what are your guys' thoughts on Hayden Christensen's actual involvement in this? I was thinking the exact same you just said. I do imagine there's going to be flashbacks. Because I think part of why they want to bring him back is to try and build up more of that relationship between the two that a lot of people have always joked is lacking from the prequel trilogy. Mm -hmm. And the Clone Wars went a long way to try and repair that. But aside from the one scene in Attack of the Clones where they're having a laugh in the elevator, mm -hmm. uh, they're mostly like screaming at each other for that movie. It is not a happy household. And then there's another time jump to three and then they're friends again, you know? Well, there's also the fact that you know, a lot of people said, well, we never got to see this, like, hero that 
Anakin Skywalker is supposed to be. He was just like a whiny, you know, uh, angry Jedi. But again, the Clone Wars showed how he was like one of the best Jedi in the galaxy. He was one of the best pilots, like he said. You know, we didn't see any of that. Well, we saw bits of it in the films. But so again, this could help towards that because they might want to be like, well, we want to show that with the actual actor as well. Uh, but like you said, I can't imagine that they'd be like, oh, yeah, you know, Hayden just really wants to go in the in the suit again. I know that he really wanted to go in it in Revenge of the I mean, Sith, who so would probably is Come an on. aspect of that as well. Yeah, exactly. But I can't imagine that you would just be under there all the time because, like you said, he's not doing the voice anyway, so what would be the point kind of thing? Um, it would be kind of funny if they just had, like, a spiritual fight when they was just like, he was just like, I'm facing you again, Darth, and it's just like in their minds he was like this is what i really look like or something stupid like that but uh yeah i, I think that you know that you know th- it's it's just interesting to see where they'll go with it and i just wanted looping back to before as well where people complain about the the canon thing of like oh well you know that was the last time they fought and stuff that that doesn't make any sense it's like again if you watch like the clone wars or anything like that you know you've got that line in revenge of the sith you fool. You know, I was trained in your Jedi arts by Count Dooku. He wouldn't have had to say that because he fought him like 50 times in the Clone Wars. But they clearly just go, well, we'll just ignore that and we'll just have Obi-Wan fight General Grievous about 60 times because, you know, fun. And it's going to be the same case here. It's just going to be like, look, guys, just going to have to get on board with the fact that that was written before that they did this. You know, it's like... They often do that in Star Wars. Yeah. You know, they have to I always loved that things. General Grievous bragged about learning to fight from a guy who just lost a fight. <laughs> it's such a move. <laughs> I also <laughs> like how General, Grie- General Grievous brags, but most of the time he's actually pretty useless. <laughs> hey, if we get flashbacks, yeah. maybe we'll get General Grievous. That would be awesome. You know, yeah. I'm always because they might want to play into the meme material. You know, I'm always. Oh my god! If we got another General Kenobi, yeah, I always just envision it as like Grievous just being like, "You fool! I was trained in your and he's just there, like, I know, I know you're trained. <laughs> like, he's just like, I just wanted to remind you, just in case you forgot. And he's like, okay, <laughs> it's just like, just like some sort of like boss move, like, oh, you didn't realize this entire time we've been fighting, but this is actually Jedi moves, like, oh right. And okay. I always really think, how did Count Dooku teach him to do the spinning and stopping move? <laughs> yeah. I want to see Chris Lee doing that. <laughs> Rest in peace. Yeah. Uh, right. So, any final words um, on Kenobi, then, guys? Um, I just want to take a moment because I, I, I think I came across the most negative too. But you know, he is my favorite character, and I think that is why I'm, I'm very protective mm-hmm. of it. Uh, so you know, I, I'm happy. To, I'm obviously going to watch it. You know, I'll, I'll take it as it is. Then this is all just me, my feelings right now. I am the most excited for the Disney gallery for this one to see the episode about Hayden suiting up, you know, and coming back because mm. I think it's going to be quite emotional because it's his career that was kind of a linchpin. Mm-hmm. That I don't know. I don't want to say his career went off the rails because of it, but he obviously never made it as big as someone who had the lead role in two huge blockbusters mm. should have. or It's an interesting one. I'm, I'm really curious his relationship with the series and what he's going to say. Uh, one thing I was going to say that I want to see this, you know, the whole, like, you know, oh, Rogue One managed to, like, fix that whole problem people had with the Death Star. Of, like, you know, how did it blow up so easily? And it had the, you know, they purposely put in the chasm and stuff so that it would blow up. I want to see this, like, visibly explain the whole thing that people say about, like, why did Obi-Wan age so badly? So maybe we can have, like, a scene, like... It's that (laughs) desert you're in. Exactly. It's like... I'm thinking more like an arrested development sort of, you know, approach. Like Michael Michael Cera, where it's just like... He was so emotionally like taken aback by the entire situation. He had <laughs> aged horribly, you know, after fighting Vader. I just want to like, you know, Vader to like use the force on just him. His, his hair like whitens as you know, it's like rogue rogue <laughs> in uh, X-Men. He's we like, love ah! what you've done with your hair. Awesome stuff. Right, so uh let's go to the next show, which um you know, we've heard rumors about well, no, it was confirmed. And that is the Leslie Headland show. Um, this is an interesting show because we, she said a while ago that it's going to be in a completely different era that we haven't explored yet for a while. Uh, and now it's been confirmed that it will take place in the final days of the High Republic. 
so the show's called The Acolyte, and it is a mystery thriller that will take the audience into a galaxy of shadowy secrets and emerging uh, and emerging dark side powers in the final days of the High Republic era. Now, I think very interesting that it's going to take place in the final days of the High Republic. And with emerging dark side powers, I can imagine they're not going to be that high by the end of it. Um, Spice dreams, baby. You know, we're I, all high. You know, I was... Ex- <laughs> you know, uh, I go to go back to my buffet uh, and I'll agree. Like, I was excited. Uh, to, I'm standing at the buffet, uh, the buffet with this dish that's covered. I don't know what's inside, but on the top of it, it just says, Ledley Headland New Era Star Wars Show. I don't care what's in there, but I'm excited to, to try it out. Now that I know what's in there, I'm even more excited to try this out. Uh, I'm going to start with you, Niall, because I can see you shaking your head very furiously there. <laughs> what are your thoughts on this one? Uh, yeah, out of all the TV stuff, I think this is my number one. Because this is so... Because I think we've talked about it among ourselves. I don't know if we've ever recorded. We've talked about the High Republic and our big hope for it to be like explored in uh, visual media. And this is exactly what I've wanted. But also I never thought we'd be getting this, which I have to imagine is touching on, you know, the secret line of Sith who've secretly survived through all this, which was really exciting to have an actual... It's such a fan dream. You to have like a Sith focused show, I presume. Like I could be wrong; it could not be Sith at all. But the acolyte, it does make me think this is like a specific figure who's been keeping alive. And just what I've seen of the concept art for the books and the comics for this era, I really love the look of. It's very classy. It's not over the top in trying to look older because it's only I think two hundred years before Phantom Menace. But the Jedi have a great, very regal, heroic look. And it's fun because we didn't, for some of the prequels we got to see it, but to see the bad guys as the real underdogs, we don't get to see so much. I love some good scheming. I love good manipulating. I love all this stuff. So this, I've not watched Russian Doll yet, which is the creator's previous work that got her the gig. I'm going to start it tomorrow because I'm very excited to see, getting an idea of this creative mind behind it. Yeah, I'm similar. Like it's one, it's, yeah, probably my most anticipated one because again it goes back to that thing of new it's something brand new and you know i'm very much into again like you know the history of the jedi and i love these time periods because again like clone wars and stuff i love that idea of like you know oh you know are you know they go into it a lot don't they with you know baris and different characters you know krell etc it's like you know taking these characters who are you know take it too far and like in which the heroes become so diplomatic and so you know connected to like you know the politics of everything that they then become almost you know a part of the problem and you know it's why Qui-Gon Jinn is such a great character and you know I think that I'm interested to I don't know if there's an actual answer to this but is there like a sort of transfer of like what makes because it says oh you know in the final days of the High Republic what is the moment in which the universe went, oh, we're not in the High Republic? You know, why is it High Republic? Does it just go Republic? What what was the transfer there that they went, oh, we're not in that now, it's just Republic? I think now. there might be something to do with how the relationship between, say, the Senate and the Jedi. Mm-hmm. Maybe in those days they were more on an right. even playing field and then the Jedi stood back and were like, we're just the peacekeepers, you know? That's not anything right. they've said. That's just how I'm trying to imagine mm-hmm. it. I reckon, yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, I reckon it's when the senate maybe start to dictate the jedi uh and when when the jedi start to get more involved in the actual politics of things is when the downfall of the jedi begins because in terms of the republic would it would it actually be old republic high republic republic i I think all the old republic it's like up to when they thought they vanquished the sith and that's when it became like the golden era high republic which which according to kiari mundi uh, he says the Sith have been extinct for a millennium, so that's a thousand years. Yeah, exactly. So that's yeah, that's why I'm interested into like what makes them. Th- yeah, like you said, it makes sense that they're like oh the high golden era because they've been gone for so long. Um, but then yeah, how that transition would happen without still the Jedi knowing because like you said, Kiadi Mundi says that they've been gone for a millennia. So yeah, that. But again, it's just all of that stuff I'm really interested in. It's just the mystical force, magic stuff. I love all of that. And like I said, seeing the Jedi as, you know, like these 
warriors in the robes and you know different lightsabers and different species i'm all into you know you you know different aliens as jedi i loved all of that in star wars clone wars and it's something that we didn't get much in even that series you know we want to see more like humanoid jedis and more you know it doesn't always have to be like oh you know look there's this jedi who's got like you know four hands you know like it's you know let's see some more like interesting human jedi and let's see some more you know characters we you know type of characters we haven't seen before which i think would be really fun so yeah i'm really interested in it it sounds like it's a really sort of like mythical kind of interesting story and yeah i kind of like it seems like again going back to like the clone wars they didn't have that story they were meant to do where there was the hidden sith temple underneath the jedi temple it seems like that kind of stuff it's like oh the dark secrets that you don't know about things that happen underneath you know the you know the jedi and that's maybe why they don't know what about what happens because it could be all this stuff that happens and especially somewhere like Coruscant, which has literally got thousands of floors and levels to its planet you know that that's a gold mine for storylines and stuff so i'm really excited and i hope that it adds like this new legends and lore stuff and it it gives a good transition for people having an appetite for high republic old republic kind of stuff yeah i mean I am a dark side. I'm a Sith, secretly. Uh, I've always <laughs> been more fascinated by the Sith than the Jedi. The Jedi are cool and their philosophies are great. And I, I, you know, as in real life situations, I think you should follow the Jedi. But, you know, sometimes it's cool to be bad. And I, the villains in Star Wars have always been sometimes way more interesting than the heroes. Um, I always go to Palpatine as... One of my favorites, just because he's so complex and interesting. Um, and, you know, da all his stuff about Darth Plagueis and all that lore is so fascinating. So, yeah, I've always been fascinated by the exploration of the dark side. Uh, I'm. It'll be interesting to see how they do this show, because if the Jedi believe the dark side, or the Sith, I should say, uh, are extinct, we're not going to get any crossover between Jedi and Sith in this show. So it'll be interesting to see... Well, none where the Jedi survive. Oh, uh, yeah, or none where the Jedi <laughs> survive. So it'll be interesting to see how they're going to lead this show, whether if it's like our lead character, who, which will be female, that has been confirmed, uh, is going to encounter someone who's a Sith, who's part of the Ruler 2, or maybe some other sort of dark side presence. Uh, that would be really interesting. But what, I th what I'm hoping for... And um, this sort of goes back to what you said, Niall, a few episodes back in The Monday Lorians about how would you translate the witches and the Night Sisters into live action? This is, pro this is a good opportunity to maybe test the waters with stuff like that. If you're going to make like this sort of spooky, dark side, maybe almost horror thing in Star Wars, the Night Sisters would be a great addition to this show, I think. So yeah, I, I'm I'm all for this show. You know, I've been very positive throughout this, but I think out of all of them, this is the one that's the most intriguing, because it's by this um, creator who, like you, uh, Niall, I, I'm gonna definitely watch Russian Doll now because I want to see what makes this creator tick, um, and from a, an era that we know nothing about. So I'm totally on board, uh, and like Mandalorian season one. I also think this is going to be a show that you don't need to know a ton about Star Wars. You don't necessarily need to watch all the shows or read all the books. You can just sort of sit down, watch this show totally fresh uh, and enjoy it. It also reminds me a lot of the ways that like Katie Lucas approached like the way she did some of the Ventress stories and stuff because she was coming at there as like she was inspired by a lot of like 80s heroines and like Tank Girl and stuff like that. So from here, I, I, I kind of get like a Katie Lucas vibe from this writer as well of like drawing influences from different places and going at it with a very you know female orientated view and you know like having different influences like you know John Favreau and etc have had towards the Mandalorian with like westerns etc so I think that you know that's really exciting and I'm like you guys I think a lot of creatives in Star Wars would have the same view is that the future of maybe a lot of the villain aspects could be in the Night Sisters because there's so much potential there because it's like, oh, magic, just explain it away with that. But they are a great clan and it's, we've seen in the video games, they started to introduce them more into like, you know, Fallen Order, etc. They're becoming a part of the universe and I could easily imagine somebody like Taika Waititi going, oh yeah, that seems great for me to like, you know, get my, some of my goofy, crazy stuff 
uh, into Star Wars. So I can imagine a lot of these creatives using, you know, paths like that to, to, to get around, you know, some of the, the hurdles they might find without being too repetitive about Sith and Jedi. Um, lastly, just where we were talking about, like, the limitations of canon. Let's not forget that also Kiari Mundi is a bit of a dick. So he might have just been, like, being like, well, they haven't been around for a millennium. What about that? What? No, 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 no. No, they haven't been around. He wasn't a safe. He married into it. I can't. It, it's too <laughs> easy to make a joke of what you just said right there. So I'm just gonna. Yeah. I'm just gonna leave that one there. Right. So uh, let's step away from the dark side now. And everyone's favorite scoundrel, Lando Calrissian, will be returning in a brand new event series. They're calling it for Disney Plus. Uh, Justin Simeon, creator of the critically acclaimed Dear White People and a huge Star Wars fan, is developing the story. Uh, no word yet whether Donald Glover's returning or when this is going to come out. So I reckon this is very early in development and it won't be out for quite a while. Um, me personally, you know, I love Lando as a character. He's cool. It would be kind of fun to spend some time with him. Um, I would love to maybe kind of see the Calrissian Chronicles idea that we got in Solo and it'd be kind of fun if we maybe got like Billy D. Williams narrating the adventures of Donald Glover. That'd be kind of fun. Uh, but I'd be really curious to see where this, t- where this takes place. Is this before Solo? Is this after Solo? Is this uh, the story of Lando getting Cloud City? Be cool. I mean, I don't think this is going to be anything groundbreaking. I just think this could be very much like Solo, a, a fun Star Wars adventure. I I feel fully bad. I've wanted this for a long time. R- until you said it there, I totally forgot this was announced. There was just so much the other day, and you know, this was just a logo and a creator. I've not seen his show either. I'll I'll check it out. My big hope for it, like you said, is you know Billy D and Donald Glover, because I just love the idea if they frame it in a way where maybe it's almost both of them telling a story. Because uh, you know Donald Glover is such an arrogant young Lando. And if Billy D is playing like a much wiser, nuanced one, you could have a really lovely like generational story if they're maybe re- regaling a tale about how a man has changed over his life. It's almost like um, that film Boyhood, but Lando. And I know Donald Glover in interviews has said if they do a Lando show, he wants it to be like Frasier in space. And that that is so my jam. Uh and I think, you know, Billy D, I always wanted him to come back to sequel trilogy and Rise of Skywalker. I won't get into it, but I don't think it used Lando well at all. I think even where they introduced him and what he was doing, it's just not Lando. Uh, and I think this is a great chance to provide a footnote to his story. Because God bless, I love Billy D so much. He's terribly old. Mm. God bless his soul. So I'd love him to get one last, just telling a story in a cantina surrounded by buddies playing one last hand of Sabak. It would do my heart so good. I'd live for a hundred years. I'd love to see him in that shirt that Donald Glover got to wear at the oh, end yeah. of Solo as well. That kind of like, you know, hol- Star Wars holiday Still fits, shirt. Still fits, baby. I think Billy D would like... <laughs> yeah, I think he would rock that. Um, yeah, I, I'm a bit with you. I didn't feel that like he was used right in Rise of Skywalker. And I hope to God, and I don't think they would, but, you know, you wouldn't want this to be the whole... You know, people took the mick out of at the end of that film was like oh who are you then oh well that sounds like a story for another time you know you don't want it to be like how i can't uh, remember Jana. the name of that character how you know yeah you don't want it to be like the story of you know how they set up this to be the sequel series to that little tease at the end of the film because it would just be really shoehorned and you know kind of like obvious what they're doing it's bad enough if they were doing it as like oh this is the next book or comic but then to literally be like this is the next thing we're filming with lando it's like what so but yeah i think uh, a solo or sequel seems like the best route i think most people seem to think and bringing in donald glover which again is kind of like again like aiden christensen and stuff is somebody people felt didn't have his moment to shine and Come on, he he was the best. He he was the best thing about the film. Come on now. Oh yeah, but it, again, it wasn't. It, it wasn't like the best reviewed film or anything, was it? So it's the aspect of like, oh, this part was the best part of it, but it's just a shame that he's not in like the best. Oh of movies yeah, but kind he. But so it, it's that, I mean, that, for me personally, it. I thought he was great. I I loved him so much. I thought he was so charismatic, and oh yeah, yeah. that's why I think that's why people yeah. want to see him in something good. I do think thing, in Solo. 
Uh, I love Donald Glover. I think he came across though as more doing like a Billy D impression than making like a young yeah. Lando. Whereas I think the the guy who played Han Solo, I actually love him in that movie because he doesn't like try to do Harrison mm. Ford. Mm. He's like doing his own young thing. I hope he gets his own time. But for yeah. now, uh, obviously, if this follows up Solo, that's great. I don't want like Han Solo and Chewie coming into it. I want to know Lando at the time. I want to know who he was hanging out with. Like all these new crime lords, the swindlers and hustlers. Uh, so I'm I'm really excited for this. But at the moment, there's so little to go on. My brain can't process it as real almost. You know, I need like yeah. a a cast or a little sizzle reel. Yeah, it's it's very very far yeah. down the line. I think. One thing you said there, Jake, as well, is like, how does he get Cloud City? And I, I hope it's not that. That doesn't no. sound interesting to me at all. Wouldn't it be great <laughs> if it's just an episode, they're gambling, and someone throws the deed to Cloud City in the middle, and he doesn't even notice it. Well, like, what the mm, hell? All right. I mean, it could... And that's it. Like, so- well, yeah, that's why I was imagined, because like, Han does say something like that. He's like, who did you have to con to get this place or something like that? Yeah, so. I reckon you could also do like an anthology type of series, like like really take the episode of the week to another level do you know what i mean mm. and then at the, at the beginning of each episode you got oh there's this one story about uh you know yeah and it, the, that'd be kind of cool and just eat each episode you're going to a different planet meeting new aliens and he's hustling somebody else and seducing ladies i want some seduction i was about to say this could be the most sexual yeah. star wars thing we ever get this is gonna be lando's <laughs> gonna get down in his cloakroom What's that a uh, Wookiee called in uh, the holiday special? Stinky or whatever? <laughs> He's just watching Lando on the television <laughs> instead oh, of that. Like... Adventure of Lando <laughs> oh, no. It could also get very weird because we found out in Solo, Lando's got a thing for droids. There's that as well. <laughs> well, yeah. What, what wasn't when that came out? They were just like, oh yeah, Lando is like <laughs> yeah, something like that or something. Or... I don't. I don't think if I had sex with my kettle, that counts as <laughs> part of my sexuality. You know. <laughs> I don't want to be anti-droid or nothing, but it was a cheap move. Oh, okay. So, right, so... <laughs> Moving on. Um, yeah, let's... <laughs> I do want to lastly say, I, I, I am on board with the adventure of the week kind of thing, as long as they went completely, completely adventure. Like, not like, oh, this week I was doing this heist. This week I was doing this. It needs to be something completely different, yeah. completely bonkers each week. No, especially when you've got something like the Andor series, which is going to be very much like, oh, it's this mission, this mission. You don't want to just see, be like, oh, it's this smuggle thing. It's this bounty hunter mm. thing. It's, you know, you want something completely different. So, and like Niall said, things like, you know, oh, you know, like Sabak and, you know, that kind of world, not like something mm. we've seen, like smuggling. Yeah, like classic. Like oh, my God. Could we get a Casino Royale yeah. like with Lando? Mm. That'd be awesome. Yeah. I'm sorry, am I misremembering? Or when he comes into Rebels, is he like smuggling pigs? Yeah. <laughs> what happened, man? Yeah. Man, La- La- Lando will do anything for a hustle. Maybe he could have um, taken that ship that they have in Solo, the big, you know, pike thing that uh, was the. Oh, the, the yacht. Called the in big that, yacht. The, yeah. Know, um, Dryden yeah. Boss's yacht. Like, that's like that's a kind mm. of Vegas vibe on that ship. Maybe he's yeah. like. Swindled oh, we should the just get that. an episode on Canto Bite, definitely. Literally about to say, controversially, we could go to yeah. Canto Bite. I love Canto Bite, man. And there you have it, folks. Confirmation that Canto Bite is indeed great. So never discuss it again. But don't forget to tune in very soon for part three, where we'll be discussing the animated segment. See you then. <laughs>